your children mope around the house all summer complaining about being bored? Do they seem discontent most of the time or unmotivated to do much of anything no matter how many suggestions you make? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Do your kids just love getting mail? Do you go to the mailbox with them and sift through the mountain of paper like coupon for mold removal? Yeah, don't need that. Hopefully. Electric bill. Ouch. Bathing suit magazine you didn't request. Um, no thank you. But what if your kids went to the mailbox with you to find an engaging current events magazine just for them, presented from a biblical worldview? God's World News is just that, and so much more. They offer bi-monthly print magazines and corresponding online content that will walk your kids through current events in age-appropriate ways, from toddlers all the way to teens. Just go to gwnews.com ginger to get a free copy of God's World News. Again, that's gwnews.com ginger to help your kids build their news literacy so they can better live out the gospel. Well, hey, Ginger, we're back again this week with our sweet friend, Sonia Schaefer. Uh, We introduced her last week. So listeners, if you don't know Sonia, go back and listen to that one. But this is part two of Beating Summer Boredom. And we're just going to dive right in with more of Sonia's ideas. So what do you have for us today, Sonia? Idea number seven. This one's probably going to go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Read books. And let me just give two pointers, though, about reading books, if I may. Um, Many of us love to spend extra leisure time reading extra books. And maybe you have a child like that who would read all day long, every day, if you let him. And reading is a good thing, but you need to encourage that child to keep a balance in life. Read, yes, but also spend time with people and spend time outdoors in God's creation. And then my second pointer under reading books, uh, this starts with, I guess this is either a confession or I'm going to get on my soapbox, one or the other. (laughs) You can interpret it however you want to. Um, I do not agree with the mindset that it doesn't matter what the child is reading as long as he is reading. Mm. I do not agree with that. To me, that's like saying it doesn't matter what the child is eating as long as he is eating. Mm. Yep. You know, what your child reads really affects their minds and their hearts. So we need to make sure the ideas that are presented in those books that they are reading are worthy ideas. Mm. And yeah, they can read fun and silly things at times, but just be aware and be selective about what kinds of ideas your child is getting and digesting for himself. And if you're looking for good book suggestions, we've got lots of book lists on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. So 
Yes. Feel free to mm-hmm. take a look. Okay, so one of the book suggestions that you have on there actually combines the last three points about getting outside and nature journaling and reading. And we this year started reading the storybook of science. And I'm not a huge science person. Um, it's just, you know, again, I'm not a big outdoors person. So getting out in nature and learning about nature was n- not really my forte. We have absolutely loved that book. So the storybook of science um, is available as a free download. And Sonia, where where could they find that? You should be able to find it at gutenberg.org okay. or on Google Books or on Archive. Uh, any Wonderful. of those sites. We can leave links to that. But you talked about building a relationship with things in nature. And that's what I've loved about that book is you really do feel like you get to know this particular spider and how it builds its web. And I have just noticed as my kids have been outside and we have these giant spiders that have come over, as I think it's from Japan and Georgia, we've got these humongous yeah. spiders now, the Joro spiders. Yeah. And, and as they're watching them, they have a new appreciation for what it takes to build a web like that. And um, they're not so terrified when they see them that they've, they've come to appreciate things like that in nature. So they I just are wanted to... fascinating. Yes. We had, we had three of the, well, more than three, but we had them building webs across our front porch all summer last year. And we would go sit on the bench on that porch and just watch them mm-hmm. every day. It's We'd just go out and watch them. It was fascinating. You learned so much just by observing them. Mm-hmm. And the pest control guy came one day and, um, he saw us sitting there watching these spiders and he just couldn't quite wrap his brain around it. It's like, you want me to get rid of these? Spiders? No, no, you can get rid of anything else, but leave these. These are our nature study, you know? Well, and they're so, probably like mosquitoes. weird homeschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Anything that eats mosquitoes is welcome in my home. That's for sure. Uh, but I couldn't agree with you more, Sonia, about the reading and the eating, you know, that it does matter what we consume. <laughs> in any way through our eyes, our ears, you know, our mouths, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's, what's your next idea? Okay. Idea eight, animal training, perhaps, and I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about real (laughs) animals. Uh, (laughs) You know, maybe, maybe you have a child who has a special relationship with a family dog or something like that. Summer gives you a lot of great opportunities to work on obedience training, or even uh, another friend of mine, they worked on dog agility courses over Mm -hmm. the summer. In the backyard, they set up this agility course and did that. If you live on an acreage or a farm, your child can use that extra time in the summer to work with larger animals, such as horses or cows, and getting them ready for a county fair or a state fair or some other livestock show. Just don't forget about the animals around you. Mm. So listeners, if you need to borrow a dog for the summer to train, just shoot me an email. I'm looking for an extended (laughs) break from the neediness of my puppy. I'm just kidding. Um, My father-in-law is actually an excellent dog trainer, and he has given us some great pointers for training our little guy. But what I've come to realize is that dog training is actually human training. Um, That's right. And it does, in fact, take lots of time and consistency, believe it or not. So I think having short daily training sessions with a pet is a great way to spend time in the summer and putting your kids in charge of that. You know, you guys are responsible for 15 minutes of dog training in the morning, the afternoon, and um, and then everybody gets a little bit more um, well-trained, <laughs> the children and the dog. Okay, what's yeah. your next one? Okay, well, believe it or not, summer is also a great time to review and solidify 
math skills. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen my kids' faces with that suggestion. Hey, kids, guess we're going to do this summer? Math. <laughs> well, well, the main thing, though, is to do the review in a fun way. Mm-hmm. All right. This isn't like flashcard drill. All right. One thing that my kids loved to do when they were, oh, probably eight to 12 years old was pretend that they owned a store mm-hmm. and they would make up the name of the store and design a logo for it and decide what they were going to carry in that store. And then I would give them orders from imaginary people. And they would calculate the cost of each order and keep track of what they had sold for their inventory as well as their bank account. And we would even give them bills to pay for like Mm -hmm. electricity or rent or stuff like that. And they had so much fun with those math stores. I put together some of them for others to use. Um, So we've got a bookstore, a pet store, and a sports store that are available on our website if you want to grab one that's ready-made. And you guys know my husband. And so mm-hmm. he wanted to chime in on this project and he said, why don't you make some chance cards? So every <laughs> month, quote unquote, that when they do a month of their store, then they draw one of these chance cards and it might be, you get your supplies at half price this month, or maybe it's, <laughs> you have to pay extra for trash removal this month or something like that. <laughs> but those chance cards are lots of fun too. That is so much fun. Sonia, where were you and Simply Charlotte Mason when my kids were growing up? Mm. What a creative <laughs> way to make math fun during the summer. My dad used to do that with me and I loved it. We would play store. Well, he, he owned a barbecue restaurant. He had Chuck's Barbecue. Right, you had an actual store to play in. We had an actual <laughs> store. And so he, so he would uh, teach me... He would pretend to be the customer, and he would place his order, and then I would Aww. be able to figure up all the all the math for how much it was to charge. And back then, they didn't have the registers that calculated yeah. all that for mm-hmm. you. You know, you didn't just push a barbecue sandwich, and the price came up. You had to type that in and, and then figure out the change yourself. And so, um, but those were such fun memories, just playing the barbecue restaurant with my dad and teaching me the skills of uh, making change and, and math. Yeah, you didn't think of it as this is a math lesson. You thought of it as this was fun. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Well, Ginger, JJ and I are actually doing Sonia's sports store curriculum. And are you? Full disclosure, it took me a few good Google searches to remember how to calculate percentage increases. And it took me a few (laughs) attempts (laughs) and fails. And I was like, surely I can figure this out without asking daddy. Um, But that decimal (laughs) point, that decimal point gets me every time. But we have both loved learning math in this way. And it really does feel more like a game to him than a boring math lesson. So he looks forward to our time doing the, we're doing the sports store. So we have loved that. And games are a great way to connect. In fact, that's idea number 10. Mm. Playing games together, board games or card games, it's a great way to connect and build relationships as a family. With all that extra time you have, you can pull out those long games, you know, the ones that take hours to play (laughs) or days Mm -hmm. to play, you know, if you want to. Or you can play shorter games or set up a tournament over the entire month or even the whole summer. Um, play the That's old fun. favorites or or use this time to try out some new unusual games. You can foster competition that's healthy or you can play games that emphasize cooperation. You know, the sky's the limit. Okay, so I want to know some of Sonia's favorite games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know if, if some of these are still around, but here are some of my favorites. Uh, have you ever heard of Dutch Blitz? I've heard of it. I have not played I it. Okay. okay, my husband hated it. 
but I grew up with it and the kids and I played it together. It's a very fast paced card game. Mm. On the other end of the spectrum then were the days long games of risk that my husband played with the kids. Mm. And let's see other games. Um, Rummy cubes. Oh, I love that game. Mm -hmm. It involves a little math, but don't tell them. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) And if you want to encourage some informal vocabulary review, you could play Password. Ooh. Um, Probe is a good way to encourage spelling reviews. This all sounds too educational, but we also spent lots of hours playing Rook and Mm. Phase 10. Mm. And and we still talk... Well, we still talk about one particular game. This is a very obscure game. I don't know if you've ever even heard of Conspiracy. Oh, no. But it is what it sounds like. Um, different players can conspire with each other against other players. And there was one particular game that we played with my mother that has become legend in our family. I'll just leave it at that. Um, and then, of course, we've got Yahtzee and Racco. And yeah, good times. D- do you recognize any of those names? I, Some. Yeah, I do. And conspiracy sounds like a game that would end really badly in my house, to be honest with you. <laughs> anytime people are conspiring against me, I get very stressed out. So we don't tend to play games like that. <laughs> but my extended family is a huge Rook family. But somewhere down the generational line, we made up our own rules and literally no one but our family plays it the way we do. And we I even write on the cards with a Sharpie to adapt the game to our weird rules. It's crazy. Um, But I think that's what can be so fun about games. It helps to shape our family culture. Um, A few of our favorites are Race to the Treasure. Now, that's a cooperative game. Um, I mean, from toddlers on up to adults. Labyrinth, which is great for even younger kids. Uh, My now eight-year-old absolutely destroys me at that game, but it's really great (laughs) critical thinking game. Uh, Quicks. Uh, with with two X's at the end. That's a dice game that all of my kids can play. And Quirkle, uh, mm-hmm. probably more for mid-elementary and older. I'm big into games that are fun for all ages, but also require critical thinking. I don't like luck games as much. They kind of drive me crazy. Yes. Um, yes. But I really love encouraging that critical thinking in our kids. Um, Ginger, y'all are a game-playing family, aren't you? Yeah, we do. We we like to play games together. We've been into hand and foot for quite some time now, which is a card game. It's a version of Canasta, if anyone's familiar with that. Okay, I've had hand, foot, and mouth. That's not fun. (laughs) No, that's not fun. Never heard of hand and foot. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. Okay, that sounds way more fun than hand, foot, and mouth. Um, Listeners, we'll have Heather put links in the show notes to all the games we mentioned. And I just love the idea of parents and children making a habit of playing games together on those long summer days, especially here in Georgia where it's so hot. Um, Both my mom and my mother-in-law were those kinds of moms who played games with their kids constantly during the summer. And my husband and I talk to this day about what great memories we have playing games with them. Mm, That's the thing about games, you know. The game itself is really not the focus. Mm, It's the time that we spend together laughing and talking about the game and making up your own family version of it. You know, Mm -hmm. those are just great Mm -hmm. ways to build relationships. And to see mom being playful, which I don't think moms Mm. are often prone to do. I'm not a super playful mom, but when we do games, it's it's that more intentional side to set a time to be playful with my Mm -hmm. kids. It brings it out in you and your kids love seeing that. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Good. I love that. 
Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, idea 11. Summer is a great time to learn a new handcraft or to increase your ability in one. Younger kids can spend hours just creating with art supplies. Just make a craft box or a craft bag and just throw stuff in it like uh, glue sticks and safety scissors and empty clean egg cartons and empty cereal boxes or oatmeal containers and pieces of fabric and yarn and felt tip markers and crayons and tape and drinking straws and wax paper. And you can even throw your old socks in there. They'll make puppets out of them. You know, Mm -hmm. you can be surprised at what your kids can come up with if you give them lots of raw materials like that and lots of time. And then your older kids can use that time to learn to knit or to crochet or to do woodworking or leather tooling or uh, cake decorating flower arranging, robotics, weaving, have to throw that one in too, Uh, (laughs) spinning or making pottery or jewelry. And if you don't know how to do a particular handicraft, join the club, you know? Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. But don't worry about it. Look among your friends or your relatives or people at church. There will usually be older artisans who would be thrilled to share their particular hobby with the next generation. Mm. And they are so skilled at it. My kids learned how to knit from a friend that was in our church's small group. And they learned how to quilt from their grandma. And they learned Mm. woodworking and leather tooling from their grandpa. Mm. And then once they got a little more experienced, especially with knitting and sewing, we connected with a local charity that was in our area. Um, And it provided baby layettes to hospitals around here. So the group would provide the yarn and the knitting patterns every month. And they even gave lessons. If you didn't know how to knit, they would teach you. My kids did know at that point. So we just grabbed the yarn and the patterns and the flannel and took it all home. And then they would knit the baby booties and the hats. And they Mm -hmm. would surge around the flannel to make the receiving blankets and at the end of the month, we'd grab all the finished supplies, all the items, and take it back to the group, drop it off, get more supplies, take it home, and just make more. It was just a great way to encourage the kids to be productive mm-hmm. and to contribute to those around them using the work of their hands. Mm-hmm. And summer provides a lot of time to work on things like that. Sonia, my daughter is really creative and loves working with her hands, and she does best when all that prolific crafting energy has an intended recipient, 
other yeah. than mm-hmm. my living room. Um, it's really nice for both of us, actually. So <laughs> You can only use so many potholes. Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. And I just love your idea of finding a charitable cause so she can develop a skill while she's giving her time and maybe even her resources for the good of others. What a great way to spend a lot of time this summer. I love that mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Teaching and generosity. Sure that, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that there are different types of charitable organizations. It doesn't have to be knitting, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You could make, um, if you team up with Operation Christmas Child, you mm-hmm. could make wooden toys to go in your in your shoe boxes. Oh, yes. Things like that. So all kinds of possibilities. Just think about it. Okay, number 12 is home skills or life skills. And goodness, I could talk about this for another hour or so. Um, So we won't go into it too deep here. Just suffice it to say that the summer months are prime time for your children to develop skills in cooking, sewing, painting a room, car maintenance, house maintenance. And of course, you're going to tailor the skill level to each child's abilities and then teach that child step by step what to do. For example, you might simply let your preschooler help you stir the lemonade. But if you have an older child, you could set aside one day a week and cook a meal together and help Mm -hmm. teach that child how to cook that particular thing. Um, An older child who's learning to drive, do they know how to change a tire? Teach them how to change a tire or how to check the oil in the vehicle. You could take a whole week, make it a project week, and you're going to paint a room in the house that week. So you've got Walk your children through all the preparation of the walls, all the measuring so you know how much paint to get. What color are we going to choose? You know, all the drop cloths and all the cleanup and everything else that's involved <laughs> in that project. Or, or hey, just teach that one child to do his own laundry. Or the whole family's laundry. For the summer. Or the yeah. whole family. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah, you know, absolutely. My Home mom, skills are just so important. Oh, for sure. But I think back, my mom gave me the tools and the time to hang my own ventilated shelving in my closet when I was probably 10 or 11. And I think back on that, like my mom handed me power tools and was like, have at it. And I, and and she taught, she showed me what to do, but Mm -hmm. then she let me do it. And I think how often do I let my kids really do things that might damage our walls? And I mean, it's, it's a risk when you're teaching a child to do things like that, but you know, this is how they're going to learn. And I just, mm-hmm. so I, I look back on that now and I'm like, that was a sacrifice for her. <laughs> Cause well, she was smart though. I mean, it was mm-hmm. in the closet. It wasn't on the living room floor, well, there living you go. Room wall, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But it, as you said, she didn't just hand you the power tool. Right. She showed you mm-hmm. how to use it. And that's what we sometimes forget to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. 13. You can also take advantage of free time over the summer to volunteer more, whether in your community or at your church. Um, You can help out at a local food pantry. I remember there's a lovely botanical garden near us, and it's owned by the county park district. We love to go there. And one day, our family was there, and we met the master gardener who was working that day. And she invited our whole family to come once a week on a specific day of the week when all the volunteers descended upon the park and they would provide the tools and training in all the stuff that they were doing to keep that park and the botanical garden 
up to snuff. It was just so cool. So you might connect with something like that or volunteer at your church day camp or vacation Bible school. Or uh, another organization that I dearly love is SPED Homeschool, S-P-E-D. And it is specifically for families who have children with special needs. And they have a new family camp that they are uh, organizing and running that is so exciting. You can find out more about volunteering at something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find them at spedhomeschool.com. So there's just all kinds of ways to serve and volunteer during the summer months. Those are all great ideas, Sonia. Um, volunteering, there's so many ways we can do that. We've started volunteering at our church on Sundays, and it's, you know, we go in thinking that we're going to bless others, but it always winds up being a huge blessing to us mm-hmm. when we volunteer and give of our time to serve other people. Um, all right. So how about you got two more ideas? Uh, are these for older kids? Or? Yeah, these are or more for your high school age kids. Okay. okay. Um, now you can do any of the ones we've already mentioned with the high school age, but mm-hmm. these are specifically for older kids. Use the summer as an opportunity to do an apprenticeship or an internship or just to shadow somebody who works in whatever field of interest your student has. Mm. Uh, one of my friends sons is spending the summer working at a flower farm in another state. And he's going to learn all about that industry from that summer of working there. Um, Another friend of mine, their young son, not young, but he was a young man. um, He spent the summer working with a veterinarian because that's what he was really interested in. And now he is a veterinarian himself but specializing in larger animals. So that's where he was able to spend the summer just shadowing someone who does that. So it's a great way to focus on learning, but also getting practical experience in whatever your young person is interested in. And then number 15 is kind of related because it might be just shadowing that person, but it might actually be a seasonal job where your student is working And if it's a job, it might not be something they're really interested in, but it is a seasonal job. Mm -hmm. Like when I was growing up in Iowa, the big summer job was detasseling corn by Mm -hmm. hand. (laughs) And whenever I mention that, people who are not from the Midwest have no clue what that means. Mm -hmm. But you walk through the fields and you got your hands up over your head and you are pulling the tassels out of certain stalks of corn so it can pollinate correctly. And it is such a hot, dirty job, but the pay was pretty good. So that was a big thing that most of the high school students did during the summer. Um, And another job that I had during the summer was working at our local church camp. You can work in the kitchen or you can serve as a lifeguard. There are just lots of opportunities for seasonal work during the summer. All great ideas. Thank you so much, Sonia. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents, and today's quick tip is courtesy of Sonia. So what do you have for us today? Today, I want to encourage you to teach your child to put a simple but powerful three-letter word at the end of any I can't statement. The word is yet. So if they say, I can't draw as well as Joey yet, Teach them to put yet at the end. I can't ride that roller coaster because I'm not tall enough yet. 
or I can't stay up as late as Francis yet, you know, yet gives them hope and it encourages that child to keep growing in many ways. Mm, what a simple tip mm-hmm. that can just, it's just so profound. I love that. Katie, I think we could do a whole episode just on the brilliant quick tips Sonia has shared yes, I know. with us over the last <laughs> two years. Sonia, I think this actually might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. And even better is to take those moments to talk to them about how they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. But I don't know, now that I think about it, they might pull that card in regards to staying up late with Francis. So I yeah. don't know, maybe don't take every opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I like about it is, you know, I tend to say, we don't say I can't in this house, but there are things that we actually can't do yet. (laughs) So, I mean, it it is a true statement. I can't, but adding the yet, I just, I really love that Mm -hmm. idea. I'm going to change how I do that in my own home. So thank Mm -hmm. you, Sonia. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for taking time to come back on with us today and for sharing all these great ideas with our listeners. Uh, Our kids are now going to be without excuse. Um, They cannot be (laughs) bored during the summer. There are just too many wonderful things that they can do, and Mm -hmm. all of those will be listed um, in our show notes. So I hope that was helpful. As always, Sonia, you're just a wealth of information and encouragement. Sonia, how about you leave our listeners with a final word of encouragement? Well, as with anything, we as parents will most likely see more interest and enthusiasm for some of these ideas if we set the example. Mm. We have to be willing to set aside our usual habits and step outside our comfort zone and try something new. And that might take some planning. I've found I can have all kinds of good intentions for using my leisure time well, But it is so easy just to gravitate back toward my comfortable old habits in the moment. So it really helps to have some kind of plan. It it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be as simple as just make a list of wholesome activities and each day let your kids choose one to do with you. I think families will make some lovely memories and encourage some wonderful new interests that way. Thank you so much, Sonia and Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This is a help to us to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. You can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can also find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. 
Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.